The Captain's Run with Sam Edmund. Welcome back. Great to have your company here on the Captain's Run for State Transport. Our people are your solution. Hope your Friday has started well. Well, Ash Sykes earned 19 caps for the Matildas and now does some fine work as a football expert for Optus Sport who have done a top job bringing the FIFA Women's World Cup into our living rooms in recent weeks. And what a ride it's been. Ash, welcome to SEN. Hi, Sam. How are you going? I'm well. How are you going? Did it take you a while like the rest of us to, to come back down from the uh, events of Wednesday night? It has been an emotional sort of week, hasn't it? We had the quarterfinal on Saturday and the semifinal as well. It's just been it's been a roller coaster, you know? It's been so much fun and I can't believe actually that the tournament's starting to wrap up. It's kind of mm. sad. It is, it is. Actually, just before we review um the semi-final. Let, let's look to the now and tomorrow. I mean, there would have been some tired girls out there on Wednesday night, physically, and I'd reckon mentally as well, Ash. How do they get themselves up for a third-place playoff game as soon as tomorrow night? Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? The, the girls did even look tired on, on Wednesday night compared to Saturday. Like, it's a long tournament. There's a lot of backing up. There's a lot of emotion. I think they'll be alright, though. There's still a chance for this third-place medal, and if you look at you know, England into the final at the moment. They're at this stage in 2015. They ended up coming away with the bronze medal in 2015 and have had a slow build over a couple of cycles to now get themselves into the final. So I think there's a lot of positives to take from trying to get this third place bronze sort of medal. And I think that'll be enough to get them up. A big crowd in Brisbane again. They'll, they'll yeah. These ones are fairly easy, I think, to still get up for. Yeah, I was I was actually going to ask you that, Ash. Like, so for a lot of listeners this morning who are more familiar with, you know, AFL or NRL or our, our more sort of domestic-focused codes, the third-place playoff is a bit of a novelty. So I guess the question would be, do the girls desperately want to win it? I mean, now that they can't win the whole thing, would they desperately want to secure the, the bronze medal, if I'm asking a, ask an obvious question? Yeah, I'd say it is... You know, the third-place playoff is usually, you know, a little bit more high-scoring, a little bit more free-flowing. The shackles are kind of a bit off. So that kind of plays into Australia's hands a little bit too against this Swedish team. It is, like you said, it is a disappointment not to be in the final, but we've had an amazing home World Cup. You know, everyone's had a blast following, not just the Aussies, but every other team. And, you know, I think they'll be wanting to not leave the tournament sort of empty-handed. So... In that in that sense, I think that one's still easy. There's still plenty to motivate you. Um, it's like an Olympics, you know. There's, mm. there's still plenty to motivate you for a bronze medal. Would Would you be making a change or two if you were Tony Gustafsson then, Ash? I mean, it is hard to imagine that he'd roll out the same 11. Yeah, I would be looking to make a few changes. I think the squad probably needs a little bit of a freshen up. If you look in the midfield there, Gorry and Cooney Cross have played almost every minute of all the games so far. And we've got a lot of the team that have done that. So, you know, I would be hoping to see a few more fresh legs just to, you know, you can bring these players back on off the bench if you want to later on. But, you know, give give some of the other players a chance, freshen it up a little bit. They'll be outnumbered in the midfield again. They'll be do, asked to do a lot of work. So, you know, I would like to see, you know, Claire Wheeler or, you know, Alex Chidiak sort of brought on mm. as two examples that could really, you know, freshen things up for this starting 11. And as someone saying here off our text machine, Ash, I guess as much of a reward for, for those girls as well for, for, for their time in camp and the experience. 100%. You know, all these, the whole squad plays a massive role through mm. the camp. You know, you, 
you're there ready to go at the drop of a hat and at the same time you prepare the rest of the team for their games. You know, I remember being in a 2015 World Cup squad, I, I play the role of a super sub and then the rest of the time I was helping the squad prepare for whoever our next opponent was. You know, I remember trying to pretend to be Megan Klingenberg or hmm. uh, Rapino against our back line to try and get them ready for what they were going to face. So this squad works incredibly hard and, you know, it would be nice to see a few of the girls um, get some minutes as a reward for that hard work as well. The rest of the squad, there's nothing against what they've done. They've done amazing. They played well on um, Wednesday night. So it's not a punishment. It's just reward for everyone else as well. Yeah. What about Sweden then? I mean, what do we know about them and the the danger that they will present? They've got 24 hours extra recovery time or prep time as well. So what do we need to know about the Swedes? Well, talking of, you know, trying to get yourself up for a third place player, yeah. I think Sweden <laughs> will be a little bit down in the dumps, you know. They I reckon, I reckon. This game. This will be the fourth time that they've been in this third place finish. They were incredibly disappointed to be yeah. heading yet again to a third place playoff. So, I mean, they've been defensively strong this World Cup and they've been really good at set pieces. That's where a lot of their goals have come from. So if we want to have success, we're going to have to try and draw them out of their defensive block a little bit so we can play our, you know, a bit more free-flowing, a bit more transitional game to get some goals. Um, and then be, you know, as disciplined as we have been um, this World Cup defensively, especially on set pieces, because they're an incredible threat there. So if we can talk about England for a moment, Ash, how, how did you walk away from that game, I guess, from a tactical and a performance perspective? Yeah, England have just been super impressive to watch, not just this tournament, the Euros as well, and their whole, you know, tenure under Serena Wiegman, their coach, that they look like a confident team. You know, they look determined. They've been slowly but surely going about their work. There's been, you know, only one game that there's really been a blowout in scores for them. Otherwise, they've been getting, you know, one-goal victories. Um that, yeah, I think on the day, on Wednesday, we got beaten by a better team, for sure. Mm. Um, and they're looking solid heading into this final. And they come up against, a, you know, a strong Spanish team as well. It'll be interesting to see them clash um, at, in the final. You know, there's still plenty to go in this tournament. Speaking of former Matilda, Ash Sykes now with Optus Sport, of course. Ash, I, they were the better team, no doubt. But, geez, the, the cruel nature of World Cup football, particularly when you get as far as the Final Four, is that there will inevitably be what-if moments. And at 1-1, there was a what-if moment defensively. And then even at 2-1, geez, there were some glorious opportunities to equalise, weren't there? Yeah, there were, yeah. And I think Sam Kerr sort of mentioned she'd love to usually bury a couple of those chances but didn't. That this is the this is what it comes down to, you know. When you get to the semi-finals, there's two good teams coming up against each other, and unfortunately, it's going to come down to moments or moments of individual errors. Unfortunately, um, and we saw that with Ellie Carpenter's little mix-up that Lauren Hemp took full advantage of, and then again, we started pushing to try and win the game as well, and they got up three-one with Russo's goal. But, you know, that's the thing about England as well. They'll punish you for these mistakes. Mm. They're clinical in the final box, which we weren't quite uh, on the, on Wednesday night. And it comes down to, you know, can you take your chances when you get them to win or lose a game for your team? 
you know, and the Matildas fell just short on Wednesday to a very good team. Now, spot on. That was a clear difference for me. A long way away at the couch at home was just how clinical they were. Yeah. They took their chances and, and, and we didn't. They were ruthless in and around that, that, that yeah. box. I'll tell you who else was ruthless, though, when she got her moment and she finally arrived at this World Cup and everyone in the country was wrapped for that. That's Sam Kerr goal. Now, you've seen a lot of football, Ash. Where do you have it ranked? It's a pretty good one, isn't it? Especially oh. in terms of the, you know, the setting of the game. Like Jeez. one to, to bring us back to level, it was incredible. The the roof of the stadium got lifted up. You know, earlier in the tournament, we'd see Sam Kerr stand up to warm up, and there yeah. was a lot of noise made in the stadiums. Then on Wednesday, when she scored that absolute banger of a goal, the noise was incredible. What a goal to score at a World Cup when you finally get your chance after you've been injured the whole time. And that's what Sam can deliver. You know, she can deliver these magic moments that can win your games. And had she been probably fully fit through the tournament, mm. she might have scored a few more on Wednesday night. It is very difficult to come back and, and get straight back into the swing of World Cup football. Ash, I don't want to get too political when it comes to prize money because, um, you know, people will say, well, you know, you know, hospitals deserve uh, extra funding and all that. But if I just isolate it to sport for a moment. So the figure I think that was quoted was 140000 for each Matilda for getting as far as they did. So it, the fact is it is prize money that's dwarfed by the men's World Cup distribution. So government funding or lack thereof has been front of mind as well. So, I mean, if there's a legacy for this World Cup beyond, you know, girls and boys picking up the game... Would you like to think it's some more support from government and the decision makers in this country? Yeah, you make a good point. It's hard to complain about government funding towards stuff with everything else that's happening at the moment. And after we saw, you know, everyone trying to leave the stadium gets stranded there for a couple of hours afterwards due to transport issues. (laughs) But, you know, government funding to support, you know, making sure, you know, local Local grounds are supportive, have the right facilities and are supportive of female footballers and teams. You know, that's that's a grassroots thing that affects not just the higher level. You know, you build it at the grassroots, those players will flow through to the high performance levels. Um, that's just one example of, you know, even if you're not playing for the Matildas, you're probably going to get some value out of, you know, grassroots support from government funding. In terms of prize money, it's, um, you know, it's come a long way, which is great. And the more investment and viewership we see in the game, which we've seen across the nation uh, and viewership numbers this World Cup means there'll be more investment in the game. The prize money will continue to improve and it'll all come, you know, maybe not in line with the massive amounts that the men's games get, but more in line with what the product is probably valued at. Yeah, and I think that's fair enough and well put. Hey, just taking you back to safer ground, <laughs> the pitch. Um, <laughs> Mary, Mary Fowler, there's a question here. Um, please ask Ash about Mary Fowler. I think the ceiling is so high for her. She could be the next big thing in women's football. So, Ash, I mentioned you've seen a lot of goals. You've seen a lot of players come and go. So Mary's 20 years of age. She's at Man City at the moment. I mean, honestly, where, where could, without lumping it pressure on her, where do you think she could get to? Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible, isn't it, that she's still only 20 years old. She looks more composed than I ever did as a player, even at 20, you know. <laughs> she's, she's so good technically. She's so well balanced and she's in a perfect environment at the moment at Man City amongst a bunch of other world-class players to keep getting better, which is the, the dangerous thing, you know, for opposition players looking at coming up against her. I'd say she needs to start trying to get some game time at Man City, you know, mm. more regular game time, first-team game time and that will help her keep developing but she could she could honestly turn into the next sort of they don't play the exact same position but the next same 
sort of Sam Kerr yeah. um, across the world. You know, that's how good she could be. And she just needs to get all the support that she can to try and get there. And, you know, like you said, let's not heap too much pressure on her, but it looks it certainly looks promising. And I'm only a casual observer, Ash, but she just looks like she exudes a calmness out on the pitch as well. There's something about her temperament as well that comes through, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And, you know, that's why I think that she could be successful. You know, sometimes players, some players work really well off riding the emotion of the game. You know, sometimes, you know, as a player myself, I play better when I got really angry, which is not very sustainable um, in the long term. So Mary Fowl has got a great temperament if she can keep it. You know, you can keep your feet on the ground. You're, you're trusting the process. You're trusting yourself. It means you can be calm in those moments and ice those moments when you need to. Um, and so that should serve her in good stead moving forward. Well, I don't think it's very often, Ash, that a third-place playoff game will comfortably outrate rating-wise the final, but I reckon that's what we've got in store for us this weekend. We'll be watching with interest, of course, we will tomorrow, and uh, and the final, of course, Sunday, 8 o'clock, Spain and England. Appreciate your time, Ash, and uh, enjoy the rest of the tournament. Thanks, Sam. All of you guys enjoy it too. There's Ash Sykes there, former Matilda Optus sport football expert. Now, I didn't want to raise this with Ash, and I'm not advocating for this in any way, but just something I read this morning that tickled me just a little bit. Aussies, Matilda's fans, have taken to Google to um, to review Big Ben unfavourably. They've taken to Big Ben and they're, they're – what's the phrasing for this? Almost um, – they're smashing the review and they're giving it a half a star and a one star and all sorts of comments underneath Big Ben. If I wanted to see a clock, I'd just look at me wrist. <laughs> oh, now, I'm not advocating for this. This is a retaliation that some are going down. It, it, smash reviewing Big Ben. Gee whiz, what's the world coming to? Uh, tune in Sunday morning, 10 o'clock. Uh, this is your journey. I'm catching up with the Carlton great David Mackay this week. Old Swan is an absolute ripper, a four-time premiership player as well and a legend in the Carlton Football Club Hall of Fame. That's thanks to Tobin Brothers celebrating lives. As we get to the break, Melbourne's weather today, not great. Showers, a top of 12, a miserable one, to be honest, uh, for City Power, supplying power to homes in the CBD and the inner suburbs.